0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we will begin in verse 28. We want to talk today about the solution to worry. The solution to worry. And uh, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in verse 28 says this Now, why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you do in our lives. And Lord, we know as human beings we do tend to worry. We may worry about the past. We may worry about the present. We probably are anxious about future things that may, may or may not come to pass. And Lord, we just are, sometimes can worry. And we ask you this morning that you would help us through your word to conquer that and to have victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Worry has to do with faith. Let me explain what I mean. Faith means to see into the invisible realm. To see God, to see who he is, to see how he's at work, even though my eyesight cannot see that. We today walk by faith. I've never seen God. I've never seen heaven. It makes no difference what anybody may tell me. I still have never seen it. I do it by faith because I know God's word says so. I see it by faith. Rick said in the song, Beulah Land, and one day we will see it by sight. But today we walk by faith. On the other hand is our sight. It's what I see. Oh, I got a problem here. Oh, I got something coming up. Oh, what happened in the past? And those are things I can see. Those are things that I can feel. As we said last week, we think of heaven and we think of the glory of God, but we're living right down here on earth. And so we have all sorts of things to concern ourselves about. So what Jesus does is he does three things. One, he helps us to see two things by faith, and then he gives us something to see by sight that we may have faith. So I want you to begin in verse 28, and the first thing he really says is what he said last week we are important to God and we're loved by God. And he uses flowers as an example. He says, and I want take you thought for raiment, for consider the, lily, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Jesus is talking about worrying about the things of this life, uh, what am I gonna eat, what am I gonna wear, where am I gonna live? But it, he also said your life, and it spins to so many other things. When he talked about food, he said, look at the birds. God loves them and takes care of them. Now he goes to something, I guess in one sense, that's even less. He says, now look at the flowers. Look at the flowers and look how beautiful they are, how well clothed they are. Now, I'm not a flower expert. We have a flower show here once a year. And some of you love those flowers and I love to see a beautiful flower. I love a rose, a nice red rose. I really enjoy to see that. And flowers are just absolutely beautiful. So Jesus says, well, look around. You see these flowers? Let me tell you something. God takes care of the flowers. He makes sure they look beautiful. And then he says this in verse 29. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon... In all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. When he uses these term lilies, he's really probably referring to uh, the grass and the wildflowers that grew around there and the, the beauty of that. And he looks at that and he says, look at them. They, they don't toil, they don't spend, they're not worried. And yet God takes care of them. And also if you compare their beauty With Solomon and all the rich clothes and kingly clothes he wears, it is nothing to be compared to how much time God spent on flowers. They tell you that if you look under a microscope, the intricacy of a flower and how beautiful it is, And sometimes when we've traveled, you'll see the wildflowers they planted. And you go, wow, look at that. Just a sea of blue or a sea of red. And they're so beautiful. And Jesus is trying to make a point. God takes care of them. And compared to Solomon, he wasn't even clothed as well as the flowers are. They're more beautiful than Solomon. And then he says this in verse 30. Wherefore? If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye ye of little faith? What he's trying to say is, look at these flowers. God makes them so beautiful. God is the author of them. He makes them so beautiful, spends so much time. They're wonderful. And then he says, don't you think... That you're much more important to God than flowers? And then he says one interesting thing, which today is, and then it's cast into the oven and burned. Quote says it this way, ovens were made of hardened clay and were used primarily for baking bread. When a woman wanted to hurry the baking process, she would build a fire inside the oven as well as under it. Fuel for inside heating was usually composed of dried grass and flowers gathered from nearby fields. Once the flower's beauty was gone, it had little use except to be burned up and put in for baking. Then it was gone. Did you catch the much more? What God is trying to say, your your faith. Must look at something not your circumstances. Your faith must look to God and believe. And Jesus is trying to draw a comparison. If God so works to make flowers so beautiful. And yet they die in their beauty. And in that time they're just used to be thrown into the oven to be burned up. Do you not think that God loves you? And God will not take care of you? He's trying to say, Yes, my sight says one thing, but my faith knows, God, you care about me. You love me. You watch over me. You take good care of me. A person who worries about things may have saving faith, but they don't have day to day faith. I like this little quote here You believe that God can redeem you, save you from sin. Break the shackles of Satan. Take you to heaven where he's prepared a place for you. And keep you for all eternity. And yet you do not trust him to supply your daily needs. We freely put our eternal destiny in his hands. But at times refuse to believe that he will provide for us and what we need. He says oh ye of little faith. Four times Jesus said that. Oh ye of little faith. And it was always used in reference to taking care of ourselves. Of God taking care of us. You see my circumstances say oh that's not good. Oh boy that's something to worry about. Oh boy what's going to happen now? Oh no. That's what my sight says. But the first thing Jesus said but your faith must look and see a God you do not see. But to realize this God so clothes the flowers. That are beautiful and then they're gone and they're thrown into the oven. And they're burned up. Oh, ye of little faith. Don't you realize if God so clothes the flowers, if God so takes care of the birds, aren't you of much more value to God than them? Anyone who thinks that God doesn't love them, that didn't come from God. That did not come from God. Anyone who thinks that, oh, God doesn't care about me, that doesn't come from God. Now, your circumstances may say God doesn't care, and it may look like it's God's not there But that's where your faith must look up and see a God who does love you, who does care about you. And you are much more valuable than flowers, so God takes care of you. He then tells us to grab on to something else with our faith. He says in verse 31, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He says Gentile. Now Gentiles is really us. But in the scripture it came to be used in reference to the unsaved. And so that's what he's talking about. The people who are unsaved. The people who are unsaved focus their lives on the here and now. And the worrying about things and stuff and possessions and problems and events and friends and all those things they concern themselves with. And he's referring to that we're not to be like them. Those who have no hope in God naturally put their hope and expectations in things they can enjoy now. They have nothing to live for but the present. And their materialism is perfectly consistent with their religion. They have no God to supply their needs. They have no God to give them a purpose in life. They have no God that will prepare them for eternity. So all they have is the here and now. And that's where the Gentiles seek. He said, but don't you understand that God knows you have need of things? God's not in the dark. God knows that you have a problem here. God knows you have a problem here. God knows the situation is here. Don't you think God knows that? He does care. But they're ignorant of God's supply. To the unsaved, there is no God. There's no one to help them. There's no one to be with them. There's no eternity. There's nothing to live for. So therefore, that's all they seek for. But you're different. He says, the Gentiles seek all these things. One quote says it this way. Their philosophy is still popular in our own day among those who are determined to grab all the gusto they can get. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die is an understandable outlook for those who have no hope in heaven and no hope in the resurrection. But we're not like that. That's what Jesus is trying to say. We're not like that. Our faith is not on the here and now. Oh yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's hard. Yes, there's some things that concern us, but our faith is not in the here and now. Our faith is in the eternal values of God. And that's what he emphasizes. So he said in verse 32, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. For you to seek all these things and to crave what the world wants and to want what the world wants and to have all the things of this earth to the exclusion of God. I don't mean you don't have things. God said he's given us all richly things to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy them. But to the unsaved, that's all they've got. But we've got God. We've got eternity. We've got a God who loves us. So therefore, we ought not to worry. We ought to be anxious for nothing. And then he says the key thing in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. His first says put your faith on a God who loves you more than he loves flowers. Put your faith now in God's eternal kingdom. I'm called of God. You're called of God for a purpose in life. You're called to be a servant of His. You're called to serve Him. You're called to enjoy His world. You're called to be part of His kingdom. The uh, church is not a business, but it is the largest business in all the world. Did you know there's a church in every corner, in every place, in every town all over the world? And God has all of His people all over the world serving And being a testimony to him. Wherever they are. Whether it be at the hospital. Or whether it be at some business. Or whether it be somewhere else. God has his people everywhere. They're part of his kingdom. They're part of serving him. And so he says. Don't get so worried and bothered. That you neglect the eternal. And seeking his kingdom. And then he says. And his righteousness. His kingdom refers to his rule on this earth. There's some things important in life. That people find Christ, that people walk with God, that Christians be encouraged when they're sad because that harms them and harms what God may do in their life. It's important that you and I focus on God and living righteously. I I can tell you this. When a person lives right and holy, they may have troubles But they'll still have peace and happiness because that's the secret of life. And so he says, We're to seek his righteousness and not longing after things of the world. We're to make that the priority. We're to look by faith and see God, you want to use my life. God, you love me. God, you brought me into this world. God, you are wonderful. You're great. You're mighty. You bless in so many ways. I'm part of your kingdom. Small church here. But man let me tell you something. God uses everybody anywhere. All over the place. And so you seek first him. And you seek to be holy. I'm worried. Well read your Bible. I'm worried. Pray. I'm worried. Go to the nursing home. Go visit someone in need. I guarantee you you'll come out lifted up high. Go care for someone. Go call someone you had not talked to in a while. In other words, serve the Lord. Be of use to Him. Be of effort in doing things that honor and please the Lord. You don't have to go out there and broadcast it to everybody. He said, well, preacher, I have to work hours in a day. Well, great. Do the best job you can with the best attitude you can, with the most grace that you can, and always remember that you want to conduct yourself in a way. You're living for His kingdom. You're not living for the here and now. He says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness I tell you what you can have things or things can have you but if you have things you can still serve the Lord you can give you can do many things if you don't have things you can still serve the Lord you see folks I love flowers my wife loves flowers more than me (laughs) Oh, the flowers. (laughs) But you know what? They're wilted and they're gone away. But you and I are of great value to God. And we're greatly loved by God. Oh, I tell you what. When I was a young fellow, I said to say, you know, your mind is on things. Your mind was on girls. Your mind was on playing basketball. Your mind was on a lot of different things. But in the midst of it, my mind was also on the Lord. And the Lord has kept faithful. He's kept working in the downs and the valleys and up on the mountaintop. God's still wherever I'm at because I'm seeking his kingdom and wanting to honor and glorify him. So where does your faith latch? Your faith latches on a God you cannot see, a God whom your circumstances say doesn't care, Oh, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, their circumstances say God doesn't care. God, your circumstances may say, well, you know, I know other people that hadn't experienced that. Mines were worse. So your circumstances may say, well, oh, God doesn't care about me. But your faith must say, but He does. Because if He so clothes the flowers, He'll so take good care of you. And secondly, He wants you to be a part of His kingdom. You know, I found out that, that when you have difficulties, You can either become bitter or you can get more on your knees and seek the Lord and want to be a servant of His. There's no greater joy. There's no greater joy than serving the Lord. But then He gives you a third thing, and that's verse 34. He says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And the word evil doesn't mean evil. Sometimes in the context it means trouble. It means trouble. Here's what Jesus says. Your faith must be in God whom loves you. Your faith must be in serving him. But now your sight, what you see, must be on today only. Only today. Because he says... Don't take thought. Remember what we said worry is? Worry is taking thought. Oh. <laughs> I've done that before. You ever done that? <laughs> Just over and over and over and over and over. And when the circumstances over, like, ah. Oh, now, girl, I really can't worry. <laughs> it's taking thought. It's taking thought. And he says, don't take thoughts for tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Just take today. He said, because tomorrow. Will take care of itself what he means is that God will take care of tomorrow you're only to focus on today don't focus on tomorrow don't focus on the past focus on today I'll read you a quote that each day has a trouble enough trouble of its own is not a call to worry about that trouble but to concentrate on meeting the temptations trials opportunities and struggles we have today relying on our Father to protect and provide us we have need. There is enough trouble in each day without adding to it the distress of worry about tomorrow. God promises His grace for tomorrow and for every day or thereafter and through eternity. But He does not give us grace for tomorrow now. He only gives us grace a day at a time as it is needed, not as it may be anticipated. Did you get that? Well, what's going to happen to Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? I don't know. But I know what's going to happen today. I'm going to leave here today. I'm going to go home have lunch. I'm going to go do various things. I'm going to live my day. And the only thing I got to live is for today. In other words, Jesus says, put your sight Not on what you cannot see in the future. Put your sight on just today. Just today. And ask God to give you the grace to go through just for today. Not tomorrow. Not what may be coming up tomorrow. But just for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. See, this has to do with sight. I can see today. I can see what's going on. So the only thing you ask God for is grace for today. You look for the good and you're thankful for it. And you pray for any difficulty. And then you ask God to give you the grace to go through it. May I make another comment? Faith and emotions are not the same thing. A lot of people confuse emotions with walking with God. And that's not true. I think that's why people love a stirring up of emotions. But a stirring of emotions is not faith. And being down and discouraged is not lack of faith. Faith is simply believing God, trusting God. And though the emotions may go up, they may go down, they may go this way, they may go this way. You still have faith in God. Sometimes you may just have to say, Lord, it's tough, it's a difficult thing, but I trust in you, and you'll give me the grace to go through it just for today. I want to give you a little quote by John Newton. He says, I compare the troubles which we have to undergo in the course of the year to a great bundle of sticks, far too large for us to lift. But God does not require us to carry the whole at once. He mercifully unties the bundle and give us first one stick, which we are to carry today, and then another, which we are to carry tomorrow, and so on. This we might easily manage if we would only take the burden appointed for us each day. But we choose to increase our troubles by carrying yesterday's stick over again and again today. And then in adding tomorrow's burden to our load before we have been required to bear it. Can I give you an illustration of that? Someone could come in and have a whole stack of a hundred sticks and throw them on the floor. Oh, I'll tell you what happens to me. You give me two things at once and my circuit breaker goes all... Uh, um, yeah, there's a hundred sticks now. when you pick them up, what? What they're different sizes, they're different weights. What am I gonna do? That's not what God does. God, in the providence of His hand, allows just one stick to fall. Now, today, you just pick up that one stick and you trust me for that stick, for that trouble, for that problem. Well, at the same time, look around you. And see all the good and wonderful things God's done for you. Just take this one stick. But you know what we do? We grab the stick from yesterday. And we bring them over. And now we got 10 we got to deal with. And then we think about the future and we got 20 more to deal with. The next thing you know, we got 30 sticks we're trying to handle. And we're burdened under the weight. No, 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 no. Throw the stick from yesterday away. Forget was it the past. And don't pick up the sticks that are yesterday. Just take the one stick today. That's all God requires. When a child first goes to school, they don't say, all right, I want you to conjugate the verbs. I want you to do diagramming of the sentences. A little four-year-old goes, what is a verb? (laughs) Well, this is the red, this is yellow, this is A, B, C, D. And they learn it as they go. And guess what? You folks are adults and you know your A, B, C's and you can read, and write. God just allows one stick a day. So Jesus says, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. One of my favorite. Poems, you know it. Footprints in the sand. And a person looks back and says, Lord, I watched you. There are two sets of footprints and you're walking with me and I see that. But I look back and there was only one set of footprints. Why? You weren't with me? He said, yes, I was with you, but I had to carry you. That's why there's only one set of footprints. Sometimes each day, God just has to carry you. And sometimes He gives you sunshine. Dr. Bichette used to say, you better make a lot of hay when there's sunshine because there will be cloudy days. So just take today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Forget the past. Just take today. And you know what? If you just take today, this is what happens. You will trust God just for today. And you rely on God just for today. You'll read your Bible just for today. You'll pray just for today. You'll think about someone in need just for today. And guess what? Your life will go in a different direction. So Jesus says, grab by faith that I care about you more than the flowers. Grab by faith I want you to serve in my kingdom and live holy. But now by sight, just take today what you can see and trust me for it. And the load is much lighter when you trust just today. Let's pray. Father, we ask you in the precious name of Jesus to encourage each one here. We do tend to worry, Lord. I know I have. And probably will tend to in the future. So, Lord, give us grace. And may we apply these practical principles. Our circumstances say one thing. Our emotions may say one thing. But our faith must say, my God loves me a lot more than flowers and look at how much he makes those so beautiful. And my life is to be focused not just on the here and now, but on eternal values and eternal ways. And then Lord, help me just to take by sight what I got today. It may be a burden that you might have to carry me today. You might have to carry me again tomorrow, but I don't have to think about tomorrow. Let me just think about today. And go by your grace today. In Jesus name we pray.